Good afternoon, everyone. Again, I will continue my uh, teaching on the person, the per performer, and the power of uh, Kohelet. So let's turn to page four. Page four. We're now in the performance of a Kohelet. So I have five uh, truths uh, from this from our text. The works of a Kohelet involves five tasks of, uh, as Solomon revealed it in verses 9 and 10. The text says, and moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goats and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies which are given from one shepherd. And Father, by this, my son, be admonished of making many books, there is no end, and much studies, awareness of the flesh. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to study your word. I trust, Father, that you would use these words to uh, infuse the biblical truths, and particularly with the preachers, so we would be faithful in fulfilling our task. And Father, I pray that you will use these truths as goats and snails in our lives, in Jesus' names. Amen. Amen. All right, there are five truths found in this text pertaining to the performance or the work of a preacher. Number one, he is a teacher of knowledge. Uh, verse 9 says, he still taught the people knowledge. So I spoke earlier about being wise. Your ministry is an excellent, or your position is an excellent and part of learning is that sometimes we overlook the truths of scriptures, so we afford some things from those who taught us before, and we have to keep on digging in the Word so that we may uh, assess whether what we have acquired is truly biblical or not. It's not easy to uh, be admonished. Sometimes the Lord uses admonition by teaching and preaching, so it's very important that we learn also from those that were a bit ahead of us. So, as preachers, we are teachers of knowledge, and as such, we must be in the constant habit of acquiring knowledge. So, I'm not referring to any kind of knowledge, but the biblical knowledge, particularly the divine knowledge, which is superior to all earthly and human knowledge. Secular knowledge will enable you to keep yourself abreast of your environment and learn how to address its weakness and errors in the light of its expertise in divine revelation. And this will equip you to teach and lead your listeners from their errors towards the supremacy of the biblical revelation. As a pastor, we are expected to be, quote-unquote, up to teach. The idea is, the office of a bishop means competent or skillful to teach. And one cannot be skillful overnight, so it takes a while before one becomes uh, skillful in teaching. Secondly, a preacher is to test and to prove information or any knowledge you have acquired, whether they are of God or if they pass the biblical test. Sometimes the problem is, the commentary is the test, I mean the standard, or the standard is ourselves or our own doctrinal point of view. So we must ensure that uh, our position is indeed biblical as well as practice. You know, we Baptists are very traditionalist. Uh, since the missionaries came here in 1898, they uh, brought the gospel, they allowed us to have the Bible, and uh, sometimes we see these many problems. 
partly because of the lack of knowledge on the part of the missionaries. We're not undermining the work of missions. I'm a man for missions. But as I study Baptist history in this country, I discovered many errors brought by the missionaries. And those errors were perpetuated yes. since 1898 to the current. See? So if we lack historical knowledge, we can never critique our traditions. More so if we do not, the teach, do not know the teachings of the Bible, we cannot critique it. Chances are you will perpetuate what you have seen, what you have heard, what you have acquired in our respected churches. So at the end of the day, you will just be perpetuating that's what you think is biblical, when in reality it's not biblical. So as preachers, we must be testing and proving information or any knowledge that we acquired, whether they are of God or not. You see, I am a human being. What I have written is not inspired. But that is a, a diligent expression of his knowledge of the scriptures. As I teach, I remind the students, I'm not here to give you just finished product. I would be glad that you acquired the skills that the teachers have used. How did he get there? How did he arrive at it? So that's the more important uh, than acquiring the information itself. And that applies not only to the preachers, but to every believer. So the preacher is to determine the profitability of his knowledge in earthly life and in ministry. And this knowledge includes secular and sacred ones. Think of Solomon's Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. See, Song of Solomon is for married people. I mentioned already Proverbs is like on my right hand and Ecclesiastes on my left. They complement. See, we, cannot, we are not at liberty to just take one verse here and there in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and build doctrine or build sermons. We must fully understand why did Solomon wrote, uh, write rather, Proverbs or Ecclesiastes? Because every verse there is connected with the overall theme that was in the mind of the writer. So false teaching usually comes out when the student of the scriptures failed to understand fully what was in the mind of the writer in the construction of that book. We're not at liberty and we can never say, that saved the Lord if that is our opinion or somebody's opinion in the commentary. So, if a Christian or believer, a preacher is diligent in using and, and doing his job, he is also producing his own commentary. So you don't have to rely on somebody's commentary. Except, how did he arrive at it? So I think he's problematic, he's wrong in the way he reached his conclusion. You see? So that's very important that we test and prove information including any kind of book that we have read. Uh, Pastor Chris Starr reminded us about Reformed theology. That is a raging false teaching in the Philippines. That yeah. used to be here in the 80s. It died down. Now it's getting revived. You know, false teaching. They're like, uh, what do you call this? Uh, dead man walking. They die. They're supposedly dead, but they, they resurrect. You see? Uh, I don't know if you have heard hypergraceism. That's an old false teaching started by Bullinger and then uh, died down, promoted in the Americas by uh, the Grace Movement and came here in the Philippines in my own research in 1950s. It died down, now it's back. Even my church was victimized. You see? False teaching can come to any church. And uh, I did a lot of research, so I, I constructed a module, I shared it with uh, master's students, so they will be forewarned. 
You see, no church is immune from false teaching in any area, music, any kind of practice, any kind of doctrine. So the man of God, the preacher, must be thoroughly equipped in the word. As the Lord's coming gets nearer, errors will never die down. It will grow. You see, the errors get becoming more complicated. That's why don't be satisfied with just mastering the systematic theology. We Baptists, we have Baptist distinctives. We master those uh, basic doctrines. But how did those teachers arrive at those? That we do not know. That was not explained, neither taught in the Bible school. That's the job. That's the responsibility of everyone. My goal in teaching is to impart whatever skills I have acquired so that these students who most likely will remain than me, you know, age factor, is able and prepared to defend the truth when the time comes in their generation. Every generation will have to face false teaching. Remember, in eschatology, apostasy will grow and increase by the time the Lord Jesus Christ comes. So, 2 Corinthians 10.5 reminds us, let's get there, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, about things that we have believed or things that have passed our mind. Paul reminded the Corinthians, he says, casting down imaginations. Nothing wrong with imaginations, but what kind of imaginations? And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. So any kind of thought, idea, belief, principles, traditions that cannot be squared in the scriptures must be cast down. Whether that is long traditional practice of the Baptist or not, whether that is anything, even if it comes from the world, if it is biblical, it must be preserved. As Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 2.15. See, Paul was a traditionalist too. And he mentioned that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2.15. And he said, Father here, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We think of doctrine, we think of practice, we think of doing missionary work. I have critiqued the work of missions and doing missionary work in this country. And I've shared that to uh, some uh, believers in other parts of the land. And then uh, I, I care less whether they will hate me or they will reject me or whatever. My job is just to impart whatever I have learned in the scriptures. Because that's my responsibility to God. If the listeners reject it, that's not my responsibility, that's theirs. If they receive it, the Lord will be pleased. So as preacher, we must test and prove information or any knowledge that we have acquired, whether they are of God or not. Now, make no mistake. Sometimes, if not most of the times, false teachers will use verse here and there. And they will put it in their doctrinal position. And they will write books. If you have no skill or lacking in skill, you will never discern that you have already swallowed false teaching. Absent preachers, believers, swallowed false teaching because they lack the skills. They lack the skills. That's why Solomon says, you be wise. Your position is excellent. And you listen to admonition. Number three, a preacher searches. So he is a researcher. What is the area of coverage you should be researching? These 66 books. Are you doing research in those 66 books? Is it first-hand research work? Or you're just uh, grinding 
or uh, yeah, eating whatever somebody has already eaten and then throw away and you took it and ate it and swallowed it. No, every preacher must study the word and discover the truth and be able to share it to others. When we read books, it's not for the purpose of copying, except it is for academic exercise. You see, we, as a teacher, I require quizzes, exam papers. Those are part of training, so your skill will be honed, will, be, will increase. But you must produce your own, as Solomon says. So, you are a researcher, whether you like it or not. You must examine things, whether they are spiritual or not. As Solomon said, in chapter 1, verse 13, let's take a look at 1.13. He said, I gave my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning, look at the coverage, all things. All things. So primarily as preachers of the word, we must be good researcher of these 66 books. Not just reader. Not just memorizer. Researching, comparing words. Praises, teachings in the Old, in the New Testament. Look at Paul. When Paul constructed his uh, Pauline books, 14 books, almost all of his 14 books, he mixed Old Testament and Christological teaching and wrote under the divine inspiration. So how do we construct today? See, you will use the inspired method. You just can't use the New Testament. You see, God gave us 66 books. The new are incomplete without the old. Likewise, the old is incomplete without the new. Don't ever think uh, there's some truth to that. We Baptists, we only base our doctrine in the New Testament. Is that really correct? Only New Testament. Now, these hyper-grace people, they uh, prayed on Baptist churches, they move from church to church, so you be careful. They use the social media, they use numerous accounts, you know, to prey on church members. And they did that to us, okay? So, you be careful because social media is powerful. It, can, it is being used in the secular world, it is being used now in the spiritual religious world. False teachers are abreast on it, they're using it. So, Solomon said, I gave my heart to seek, to search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under the heaven, and this sore travail. You see, he's searching, researching, tiring. Which one is better, fellowshipping or listening to these boring preachers? <laughs> and at a very dynamic preacher, I love to teach and preach, but I stick to my outline. So here, even if you're not here, you can get this. I am sure that you will get what I want you to get. Okay? So, we love. If we stay here for four hours of chit-chatting, eating, all kinds of stuff, quentowing, storytelling, and then uh, all of a sudden we will have a preaching. You see? That's why we preachers, we, we adjust. We spend more fellowshipping rather than teaching and preaching. Isn't that correct? You see? That's why our churches become weak. If not weakly. They lack teaching. Solid, biblical teaching. Oh, they may be reading their Bible. 
But they lack the skill because we have not done our job well, preachers. So we are researchers and examiners of things. Likewise, Solomon said in 7.25, he said, I applied my heart. You know what this means? He gave totally his heart to what? He said four or five things here to know, to search, to seek out wisdom and the reason of things. And number four, to know, including this, the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. Now, Solomon under the sun, he even ventured to seek the foolishness of the world. Here lies the evidence that he was in apostasy. He experienced apostasy. We didn't have to do that. But don't forget these four tasks that Solomon did. You see? Now you might say Solomon can do that because he was rich, powerful. He has all those helpers. Do we have to wait to be in that position before we will do our duty? So Solomon made it clear that a preacher is a researcher and examiner of things. So therefore, hearing a preacher ever researching things, particularly that which is of God or His revelation, warns the heart. I like to hear preachers doing that. So I'm doing my part in our seminary, prodding, pushing, encouraging preachers. Study, 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 study. You see, you have nothing to teach and to preach if you are not studying. You're not burning your bro and breaking your back. We're not here just to TikTok. We're not here just to be actively sharing something like in the social media. I know many preachers today, I'm not saying it's wrong, but every morning they do they use the social media kind of devotion. So somehow they're training their people to be dependent on him under daily devotion when every believer or member should be doing that by himself or herself. And I see that even among churches without naming names, do not. We're training them to be dependent on us. When they should be doing because they're old mature people and they still want, you know, baby milk. When they should be working hard to produce their own food and feed themselves and those who are young and dependent on them? Why? Because we preachers, we train them to be dependent on us. No doubt, if one day you ask them, you bless me. You see? So this brother is saying, uh, some Baptist preachers call themselves bishop or archbishop. Okay? The word bishop is, is not superior than the word pastor and elder. They're just equal. There's an evidence of ignorance. Or they're using the words religious structure. Too bad. That's worldliness or ignorance of scriptures. So don't ever think that if someone is a bishop or called a bishop, I, I even suggest don't settle for a bishop. Call yourself cardinal. <laughs> See? That's very low. That's small time. You should be called cardinal. Well, he said the word cardinal is in the Bible. All right, let's go to the Bible. You are misusing the word bishop. Yeah. You see, BBF churches here are using the title bishop. So don't get mad at me. I came from BBF. But they're using bishop. The title a bishop is one who oversees churches. And all of them are headed by pastors. That's biblically wrong. That's erroneous. That's heresy. There's a clear ignorance. Whether the person has PhD or whatever it is, he has, he doesn't know the scriptures. Because that is misuse of biblical terms. 
So, Solomon said here in verse 25, I applied my heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly. You see, that's foolishness when you use the word bishop as superior over the pastor or elder. Alright, number four. Ten more minutes. Twelve minutes. Alright, I'm on target. Number four, a preacher organizes or systematically arranges the knowledge he acquired. See? So the knowledge you acquired, you have a duty to organize them so you can present it to your people of varying ages and maturity. It's like a mother. He know, she knows how to feed, how to feed a child. Imagine a, a six-month-old baby, you will feed him with bulalo. Can the child digest the bulalo? Uh, bulalo is, you know, bony, uh, beef, boiled, or stewed. Terrible. I mean, great. You see, so in the process, the preacher may improve and discard some earlier awkward knowledge or harmonizes them with the present knowledge. However, not many could succeed to acquire that skill, especially outside formal schooling system. Not that formal schooling system is the inspired one, no, but many of us will not make it in an informal way. I've not known many, extremely few, maybe one, two, who has uh, biblical knowledge by themselves. I mean, without anyone teaching them. Do you know anyone who has acquired a biblical knowledge, the same position that you have, without sitting under the teaching ministry of another? Hardly. You see, so that's God's design. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, he, he commanded Timothy, look what he said in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we, this is part of our duty as uh, preachers and pastors. Paul said, The things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You see four levels here. Paul, Timothy, find those faithful men who can also teach others also. This is not MLM. The MLM network and business are using and misusing the text. This is the biblical uh, goals of every pastor to teach someone who could possibly succeed him when he's gone and that one should be able to teach others also. You cannot teach all. You have to select some whom you see as faithful and deposit those truths you have acquired to him or to them. So we're not after numbers. Our church, our seminary is not after numbers. I remember some students uh, are now into cons. Another one into a hyper grace. <laughs> See? That's biblical. They heard the truth. They rejected it. So they turned away from the truth and went to false teaching. Praise the Lord. It's being biblical. We're just being biblical. So number four, organize the truth you have acquired. You want to learn how to organize the truth? You can learn from Luke in chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. I call that as the biblical method of research. Number five, a preacher strives to deliver in an effective manner the truth he acquired. So it's delivery. How do we deliver God's truth? Number one, speaking. You may counsel, you may teach, you may preach. So it's all verbal expression. And the second one is writing. Did the Apostle Paul write? 
Did the New Testament writers write? A preacher is not one if he does not speak as revelation. But he must be accurate in the manner of speaking, for spoken words are powerful. I've given you footnote number 12 for some verses there. So spoken words are powerful, even as Solomon said in Proverbs 25:11. Quote, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver, unquote. Father, writing preserves whatever is orally delivered. I am speaking now. If I don't have this, I guarantee you after one week, you will only remember less than 10% of what you have heard from me. After two weeks, 5%, a month, zero. So one month, one month ago, you heard the truth, and you realized the error, but you did not work on it. A month later, you forgot it. You're back to old error. That's why I, I share this with you. Don't throw it away. Throw it to someone who might be interested. But I've been sure he might be the one who will grasp the truth and then turn away from error. So, we cannot avoid preacher. The duty to we can imitate the writers in the New Testament how they wrote from the old and from the new so to those who have uh, once we, ha we have these annuals every June of the month of the year we call it Sibim's lecture in which I shared my recent study about uh, in anything in the scriptures and I've been sharing for the last two years about scholarship Heavy word, scholarship. You know, independent Baptists hate scholarship. They hate that. Why? Because scholarship currently is corrupt, secularist, unbiblical, even many Christians. So don't ever equate father's study in the seminary as equivalent to scholarship. Because study is biblical. When Paul was doing missionary work in Ephesus, as he started a church in Ephesus, he started alongside with it a training school. You see? When the Americans came, the missionaries would have only an average of one or two years of Bible education. So what do you expect that they can impart to the Philippines? Result? It's the current Baptist history's condition. So... The degree, not the diploma, the level of your knowledge in the scripture, you cannot impart something more than that. It will always be less than that. So if you have 10 words, it's unlikely you will impart 11 words. Most likely you will only impart 1, 2, 9 to 10. So, as preacher, you will have to deliver your uh, discovered truth supposedly in an effective manner by speaking or in writing. That's why Solomon said in our text in chapter 12, verse 10b, and that which was written was a pride. It's not just you have for the sake of writing. Make sure what you write is biblically correct. And what did he say? Even words of truth. So writing articles or publishing or even making many books, Solomon said, there is no end. And it's not for the sluggard. That's a faithful preacher will write his sermon for others' benefits. All right. I have five more minutes, right? Five more minutes. Sure. All right. I'll finish it. Number three and last. Last word. 
the power of Kohelet. The Kohelet is a powerful and influential person. Verses 11 and 12 states that. Do you believe that? If you don't feel that, you don't believe that, that's in the scriptures. You are an influential person. What's the qualification? You are wise, excellent, and heeded his admonition. And your performance of those five tasks will affect your influence, whether you become influential or not. So whether a preacher realizes or not, he affects people who hear him speak and who will read your writings. That is why Solomon likened his words and perhaps his writings to goats and nails, because they are pointed and may hurt when trusted on. The words of God are powerful. So when you know the same meaning that the writer has, there in writing that word, you can say, this is what God has said. This is not my opinion. At times we preachers, I believe this text says this, because I'm not sure about that. So that's a, your key, that a preacher is not sure particular in that position, that particular verse. But we says honestly and sincerely, the meaning of this word is this. And by the context, this is the meaning. So every word in the scriptures, there are some exceptions, however, does not have two or three meanings. The writer has one particular meaning when he wrote that word. That is our responsibility as preachers to discover. If you fail to discover that, you will still stand and teach and praise. Probably you will share your opinions or somebody's opinions with the commentaries you have read. Because we fail to do our duty. So as Kohelet, you will speak words that will affect hearers. As Kohelet, as an influential person, you will affect listeners and readers with your messages. Especially if they are pointedly designed. That's why sometimes listeners to the pastors get hurt. They get hurt because the word of God is like goads and nails. What's the role of nails? Put a string and hang? No. Nails must be trusted on. Solomon said the words of God must be trusted on. That's why a godly shepherd knows his flock well by discernment. And he knows how to make the word of God be trusted on, on his flock. The problem is, if you have more uh, sheep, it's uh, kind of difficult to uh, know well everyone. So it's better that you have fewer sheep. Because it's much easier to know. See, the Lord is not after numbers. He said, he called his flock in Galilee, my little flock. Over two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And the Galilee church was already in existence then. So, whether you like it or not, preachers, you will affect listeners and readers. And I've given you here New Testament preachers who practice this manner. Demonstrated in the ministries of John the Baptist, the Lord Jesus Christ, Peter, Stephen, and Paul. And the power of the preacher is to provoke the hearers and readers of his work, creating decisions. I trust that you would uh, consider making a decision to be wise superiorly advantageous and will heed admonition. As preachers, we need to remember those five tasks. 
And we must recognize that if we acquire false teaching, you will impart the same to the people. And who's accountable for that? When I was a devout fundamentalist, I say devout. I defended it. I crusaded it. I, I uh, propagated it. One day I discovered these errors. And as I, uh, in the process of uh, studying the errors, I knew I was wrong in some points, ecclesiology, bibliology, and other matters. So in my readings and research, I found, and that's when I got to know Dr. Strauss in 2008. Imagine that, I was reading a THD paper um, accepted in a fundamentalist Bible Presbyterian ministry. Right, brother? And then I was looking at the bibliography of the student who made that, and I saw one book that got my attention. I tried to email him and contact him, and that's the guy who wrote that book about doctrine of preservation. Perfect preservation was that preacher. So that's the beginning of history. And I thank the Lord. I thought uh, I would never be able to study again. And I, w I lost many things. Friends, influence, you know. Sometimes the prestige of speaking in a Bible conference. Pastor Ronald, you know the Bible conference? Right? Fundamental Bible conference. And I sat in the steering powerful committee who chooses who will preach, where to get the money, where to conduct the, the, uh, the venue, everything. And then one day I resigned. I left my alma mater and became alone. I stayed in the four corners of Cornerstone. <laughs> I didn't know that the Lord has something in store for me. That's the blessings of walking by faith. I just could not stomach the errors. So I decided to leave. I said, uh, I'm leaving not because I don't want to create, you know, division in the school. But you are guilty of this, so I itemize their errors. They try to explain, yeah. So, I'm leaving. So since then, they never contacted me. I lost friends, friendship, churches, but, you know, the Lord raised the godly ones. Okay, even in the work of missions in Vietnam, they focus on south, and I said, let's go up north. The hardcore. You see, I don't want to work with nearby, you know. Uh, I remember Apostle John, he refused to take a bath in a public Roman bath because the Gnostic Serentus was there. He said, why Apostle John would not want to take a bath in a public bath which is available and open to all? Well, I don't like to be associated. And if the Lord sends an earthquake then historians will say, look at that, John's body was found alongside the well-known Gnostics. So he didn't want to be associated and even just sit down with that false teacher Gnostic. So, beloved, I hope you will consider these things. The person of a Kohelet, and you are a Kohelet, the performance and the power. God has given us this privilege. Let's be faithful and be willing to pay the price. Our Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this privilege to share your word to these preachers and their wives. I pray, Lord, that you have uh, accomplished your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.
thank you, brother.